Hey fans, it's uh, Kevin Stevenson and you're with me on I Don't Care with, yeah, me. And so uh, uh, really excited about today's guest. We've got a pioneer, folks. We've got somebody that, that goes way back in the telemedicine uh, era. And so uh, help me welcome Michael Gorton. Michael, welcome to uh, I Don't Care. Hey, Kevin, I do care. <laughs> uh, thanks. So do I. You know, I appreciate that. So, yeah. so Michael, like I said, Michael's a pioneer, and uh, he uh, he is actually one of the co-founders of Teladoc. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure most of us have used Teladoc extensively, certainly over the last year. And he has now uh, started a new company, Rocuro Health, and they are in heavy acquisition mode. So, Michael, tell us about tell us about Rocuro first, then we'll go back and okay. talk a little telemed history. Sure. So anybody who knows anything about our healthcare system knows it's not a healthcare system. It's a sick care system. Mm -hmm. And if you want to understand why costs go up year after year after year, it's because we're not keeping people healthy. We're letting them get sick and then taking care of them when they get sick. And, um, you know, Teladoc was extremely disruptive. Recuro is going to do the same thing. It's going to be very disruptive. Okay. How so? Well, we're, we are building an engine so that our members, we can keep healthy so that they don't go into that. Um, gee, doctor, I'm not feeling well. Test, test. Um, you have stage four cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy that we have the ability to stop those things from happening and we don't yet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, uh, in the uh, little uh, little sheet that your PR folks sent to us, it, it, there was some mention about uh, behavioral health with Recuro. What? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, so that was something we didn't do at Teladoc um, mm -hmm. when when I was there. And um, one of our acquisitions is a, gr a group out of uh, Minneapolis called SupDoc. Um, we didn't like the name. Uh, you know, we get, but like we it. have a lot of good, we, we, yeah, I, it, it's cool. It's sort of a Bugs Bunny, um, yeah, kind of right. thing or, oh, or, yeah. or maybe you could go, it's short for super doc. Um, but, um, uh, sub doc has a, uh, a synchronous and asynchronous. So synchronous is this, right? Mm -hmm. And asynchronous, asynchronous is, um, typing and, and getting responses. So it's that, but it's also got a behavioral health element in it. Okay. And that's one of our acquisitions at, at Rikiro. Okay, really interesting. So, so how's I mean, are you far enough along that you can talk a little bit about how that's gonna how that's gonna work uh, in the behavioral health space? No, not really yet. Okay. I think uh, you know we're we're probably a couple months away from yeah. really. Um, we we've got some uh, some uh, bids out uh, for for some big pieces of business, and so I have to be a little bit careful about um, where where I go right now. That's fine. Well, you've given us enough of a teaser for your next visit in a few months. And so that's great. Right. I see one of the other recent acquisitions is you do test. And, yes. and boy, what a timely acquisition in, in our COVID and hopefully post-COVID world. Tell us a little bit about that. So you do test is a, I, I personally think it's an extraordinary story. Um, it was started by a young South African lady who came hmm. to the U.S., um, and won uh, one of these entrepreneur contests. Um, and 
she has managed to pull in some of the most extraordinary nameplate businesses. Um, and, uh, and, and so that alone, we, we love, we're looking for a plus entrepreneurs, but mm-hmm. the, the thing that she does that goes right to our business model is she's put together an engine so that we can take testing from the lab and deliver it to the home. Okay. And, you know, right now that's probably a telemedicine physician saying, oh, let's just make sure it's not bacterial by, and, and you'll have your test tomorrow. But if you think about what I said, Recuro's business is, let's try and keep people healthy. Imagine a couple of years from now um, where we will send all of our members a box two times a year. Take a little snip of your hair, swab your mouth, pee in a cup, uh, prick your finger and mm-hmm. put it all back. And, and we do this twice a year. We know where you're going. Are you trending up here or trending down or staying yeah. flat? And, um, and so uh, with a, a, as simple as getting in your car and looking at the gauge and saying, oh, I need to swing by the gas station and get some gasoline or mm-hmm. hmm, I haven't changed my oil in 5,000 miles. I better do that. So we're going to give you the same kind of toolkit that you can use. Um, yeah. And you do test is a huge piece of that. That's tremendous. You know, this morning I, I had my monthly divisional t- uh, meeting with my team. And today's topic was, what does our organization and your specific departments look like? What are, what are they going to look like in five years? And one of the things that my lab director said was, we've got to come up with those, you know, some way to integrate the in-home testing. And so it's great to hear that, that you've got that avenue started uh, yeah. in, in there. So, so yeah, as I've said, you guys are heavy acquisition mode. One thing that, yeah. that we've had a challenge with during uh, during COVID was you know, we couldn't get our physical therapy and our OT patients in uh, mm-hmm. for a number of months. And so, yeah. you know, the state of Texas has been pretty restrictive. Uh, the, the regs have been very restrictive as far as allowing teletherapy. There were some, uh, uh, they did kind of ease up on a few things, but I'm just giving you a tip here. Hopefully you guys are thinking about maybe that tele rehab space. Uh-huh. I think, I, I, I think it would be, I think it would be a great space. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, um, I thought you were going to go to the, the regulatory bodies. Cause as you know, those were the, those are the real, those were the real battles that we fought back. Oh, then. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how far back, I mean, I, I touted you as the, as the telemed pioneer. How far back do you go? Well, um, in in 2000, I was climbing Kilimanjaro with a doctor friend of mine. And that doctor friend of mine um, had been the physician who kind of solved a Texas uh, inmate um, issue. So in the 90s, the Texas legislature passed a rule saying if, a, if an inmate asks for a doctor, we have to deliver the, uh, that physician within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. Most of us, you know, outside of the correctional care yeah, facility. Exactly. <laughs> and so they tried all kinds of things. And Dr. Brooks came in and solved it with telemedicine. So he was the perfect guy for it because he was a medical doctor, an electrical engineer, a NASA flight surgeon. And so, you know, take care of guys in outer space. You can certainly take care of guys in um, correctional care facilities. Mm -hmm. And so he and I were climbing Kilimanjaro together and he started talking about this. And and Teladoc was my eighth 
startup. And so, you know, I knew a little bit about how to get yeah. through the weeds of, of starting a company. And when he first talked to me about it, I said, okay, this sounds like an interesting idea. I didn't like his name. It was Cyber Medical Services. But yeah. other than that, the idea. <laughs> yeah, I think Teladoc flows a little bit better. Okay. Um, so telemedicine had been around. Um, and, and just for those of you who don't know the history, it really starts back in 1960s with Jay Sanders who had just graduated from medical school at Harvard. Um, one of his professors was going back and forth from Logan Airport to um, the Harvard facility every single day, was wearing him out. And so Jay Sanders invented telemedicine. Wow, he should be rich and famous, right? So late 60s, all the way until Teladoc. So if you wanna give a title, Jay Sanders gets the father of telemedicine title. Um, but the great thing is Jay is still around. He's in his early 80s mm -hmm. and he calls me son. So oh, he's the father. Go. I get to be his son. So you're the son of telemedicine. That what <laughs> well, my co-founders say, you know, there's a distinction between telemedicine and digital health. And so, okay. you know, Teladoc really drilled into that um, uh, digital health space. And so, um, you know, I, I, I sort of get that digital health title and my good friend Jay gets the telemedicine. Okay. So, so for my audience, what, what is your, what would you say the difference is between telemedicine and digital health? Sure. So telemedicine is very specific. It is, it's this kind of communication or what you and I are doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with digital health, we can take those things and stitch other things together. So when we started Teladoc, we had to build everything. Why? There wasn't a national doctor network. If you want to start a telemedicine company right now, you don't have to go find doctors in 50 states. There's already consortiums out there, right. out there that do that. And so we had to build a doctor network. We had to build a call center app. We had to build a, an electronic medical record. And so if you think about this whole, um, everybody has done this. I go to my primary care doctor, I talk about something and the primary care doctor says, oh, go see an endocrinologist. So I go to the endocrinologist and you know what happens? I have to do all that paperwork over again. Why can't that paperwork come from that office to this office? And so that's the things we can accomplish with digital okay. um, medicine where when we tie it in is um, let's take the digital piece and make the home here at the patient, and then that digital medical home can go anywhere the patient mm -hmm. goes. Yeah, we were talking a lot this morning about about chronic care and critical care management, and uh, you know, giving some examples of that and, and how I've seen that work even my in in my own family, and, and because we, yeah, we've been talking about this since I got into healthcare thirty years ago. We need to push the care out of the walls of the hospital into the patient's home. And yet we still haven't done that. And, and right. so, you know, we're getting closer, which is, is great to, to see, but we're still not there yet. And mm -hmm. uh, so why is that? Why, what's your opinion on why well, that is? I, um, so I, I was the classic disruptor. As an entrepreneur, I was not a healthcare guy. Dr. Brooks was a medical doctor who had solved a telemedicine problem. And so you put the two of us together and we built a, a beautiful engine, tested it on a couple of hundred people, 
And then I went to the Board of Medical Examiners in Texas. And, you know, with great excitement, you can see how much energy I have, right? Exactly. With great, <laughs> with great excitement, I explained to them how we were going to change medicine forever. And um, very solemnly, they responded to me, Mr. Gordon, if you build this, you're going to prison. And Dr. Brooks, we will take your license and then you're going to prison. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the resistance, um, you know, may have been perceived as a valid one, but in reality, it, what they were saying was no doctor should ever take a care of a patient that they don't touch. Right. And, and what we, the, the way we ultimately prevailed was we didn't go in guns blazing. When boards of medical examiners said um, they didn't like what we were doing, we tried to go in and educate them and show mm -hmm. them how telemedicine uh, would work for them. And we also told them telemedicine has existed in your state and you've approved of it as long as there's been a tele telephone. And they would say, no, 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 it hasn't. And we'd say, yes, it's called cross coverage. So if Dr. Stevenson is working on Tuesdays and Dr. Werblow is working on Wednesdays and I'm the patient, you're my normal doctor, but Dr. Werblow has never seen me before. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay if I talk to him on the phone because you two are colleagues. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we showed them how we were taking that cross coverage model and improving it. So there's a medical record and the doctor gets paid and there's medical malpractice. And, um, and so that's ultimately um, how we, we prevailed. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I got into tele, telemedicine, uh, I was in outstate Nebraska and, mm -hmm. you know, there weren't any options for people. I mean, we, right. we had a catchment area the size of the state of Indiana, but there were only 300,000 people in it. So, right. you know, people were, sometimes hundreds of miles away from their physician. And mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, if you've ever traveled in Nebraska, it can be a little daunting at times. And, uh, and yeah. so that was the it's only way state. that we were, yeah, that was the only way that we were able to, you know, provide that care to our, to our catchment area. And whenever I left there and, and got back to Texas, eventually I was incredibly surprised at how far behind the state of Texas was. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the other issues, too, that we that we talked about it as far as, you know, pushing the care to the to the home is, you know, just a whole fee for service system. You know, it's 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 become outdated, you know, when you're when you're paid for procedures or or activity versus trying to keep people healthy. Uh, what do you right. think you're going to do? I mean, yeah, I, I made the comment this morning. You know, what do you think a surgeon's going to do? They're going to do surgery. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're not going to find a way to, how can I keep that patient uh, as healthy as possible? So, right. So, so tell, tell my, tell my audience a little bit about some of the other, uh, uh, I love your serial entrepreneur uh, yeah. moniker on your LinkedIn page. So, so what are some of the other, uh, some of the other uh, companies you started over the years? Sure. The, the, you know, um, the first one fell on its face. You know, I thought, wow, I'm doing so well. And then all of a sudden crash, I didn't know how to solve the problems. And, um, and everybody bled with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, this, the second one was a, uh, an internet company in the very beginning of the internet. And so people joke around, you know, did you see Al Gore? I never saw Al Gore. So, um, but, but, you know, I, I do know the people who built the Internet because it was in the very beginning. Uh -huh. And um, uh, and 
that one actually that was the company that um, that I built that made the money that allowed Dr. Brooks and I to go climb Kilimanjaro, and so um, okay. uh, uh, a, a record label, Polydoro Records, which did really well. Um, what kind of music? Publishing, um, country. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both kinds so, of music, country and western. Okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, and and for those of you who don't know, Palo Duro is a spectacular canyon in West Texas. Um, if you haven't been there, go. It's it's sort of a mini right. version of the Grand Canyon, but it's but it's really spectacular. And and like the Grand Canyon, it sort of comes out of nowhere. You just walk up to the edge, and you just your breathless. So yeah. the Polidoro Records was our um, record label. Um, uh, you know, I started publishing all my own books, um, self-publishing. I, I later learned um, that uh, Brown Books could do a better job than I could. But, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I enjoyed the publishing industry, um, mentoring, consulting, um, doing some investing. Um, I did a solar company, um, okay. did some water remediation. I've got this absolutely spectacular space company that um, that I helped uh, start, and we're going to Kennedy Space Center this weekend to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Apollo 14. Okay, and so that's um, that's pretty cool. That's going to be uh, a lot of know, fun. Yeah, yeah. I will. Um, I will uh, just let you know. I live within about 10 miles of another space company that will remain nameless. That. Uh, 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 I've gotten to be very intimate with them because anytime they test their rockets, my house shakes. So, uh, you know, but. Uh, okay, wait a minute. Where are, are you in South Texas or? No, I'm in, in, I'm in Waco. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's right. The, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, my realtor didn't quite tell me about that, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there's nothing like a launch. But of course, I guess if you live under the uh, launches, they, they get old after a while. It, it, you know, <laughs> it does. But that's that's OK. You know, every time I hear it, I think about more economic development for Central Texas. So I'm fine with that. So. Uh, so any other any other uh, thoughts about uh, future forays into healthcare? Well, so, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about with Recuro is. Oh yeah, the original, the original topic. That's right. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, the thing that one of the things that uh, if the goal is keep people healthy, and you know, um, just about everybody has sort of suffered through this kind of frustrating. Um, like, I want to train and become faster as a runner. I want to lose weight. Um, I, you know, pick your topic. And so you go online and you say, oh, people are losing weight by going on a ketogenic diet. I'll try that. It worked for my cousin. Doesn't work for me. Why doesn't it work for me? Um, and uh, so if you start talking about medicine and you really want to get precise, you go to genomics. And, you know, we have now mapped the human genome. And everybody's probably heard of 23andMe where you can take a swab, send it in, and you find out, oh, my ancestors are from here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of interesting, but genomics can get much more precise. It can say, my particular um, physiology doesn't process vitamin D well. Um, I should go in the sun rather than taking a vitamin, vitamin D pill. Mm -hmm. Or um, I'm a runner, I wanna go a little bit faster. How do, what do I need to do? And so the things that we're going to be able to do with genomics over the next 10 to 15 years are gonna be extraordinary. So um, we purchased the Cleveland Clinic's 
genomics tool, okay. which, um, you know, I, I think we get a blue ribbon for that one. Um, the Cleveland Clinic is almost always, you know, number one or number two mm -hmm. hospital in the world. And so uh, um, having having that brand name associated with us um, is, is, is pretty cool. Uh, but we're also we also purchased a very early stage genomics company that um, we're going to have an app developed. So you can now get a test like you did with 23andMe mm -hmm. and the data will come into an app and, it, and I'll say, I want to lose weight. And so it'll tell us exactly the things that we need to do for this laser target. Um, not just generally eat less mm -hmm. carbs, but this laser target, what do you need to do? And so that's one of the things I'm really excited about. Of course, you know, we, uh, the sort of Angelina Jolie thing happened because of genomics. So she did a test. She said she, um, the, the, her, uh, genes said that she had a tendency towards breast cancer. And so that, you know, that big deal that was made a few years about, uh, yeah. ago about her, that happened because of genomics. So understanding where you are from a foundation perspective and understanding the things that you need to do to stay healthy, mm -hmm. um, those are the tools that genomics is going to deliver. And it's a big piece of what we're doing at Rehero. I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. That's, yeah, that's really exciting. And again, boy, what a timely conversation because we talked about this this morning about you know utilizing genomics to to not only target you know the specific needs for somebody to lose weight but obviously you know does basically designing their medications very specifically exactly. for them um mm -hmm. yeah uh, looking at the uh, at gen xers and, and the millennials and the gen z's you know they they've got a different mindset than you and me and they want they want things to to come to them as simply as possible and as convenient as possible. Yeah. And, and so being able to to specifically target uh, that is I'm I'm with you. That just fascinates yeah. me. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, we need to get those millennials working. They're so smart, but um, they're relying us for, on us right now. So, Gosh, no kidding. Hey, all you millennials out there, get inspired. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. Yeah, there as you said, they're so bright. They just need to be a little bit better motivated. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. well, Michael, any last words before we sign off today? So you know, I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, and and I think um, we succeed because the people above us who mentor us and help um, helped us succeed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for new people to help. I, and some of the people that helped me early on, I have no idea how or why they decided to do that. Um, but I know that, uh, you know, we have to work hard for success, uh, our success. Mm -hmm. um, but having, having good mentors is huge. And, um, you know, Kevin, you and I, I need to, we need to be doing that. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm a big believer in mentoring as well and uh, have been very active in that. And, and not only my professional organization, but a lot of informal uh, mentees as, as well. And uh, mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. And I think that's one of the real benefits of, of healthcare. One of the positive things about healthcare, and particularly the leadership in healthcare, is we we want to help the younger uh, the younger candidates succeed because we need to we need to be confident that we're turning our organizations over to competent people 
who will continue the legacies that that have that started well before us. Correct. So, well, with that, I, I think that's a great close, Michael. Well, it's been a pleasure, Michael Gordon, a true pioneer, and let's just say the son of telemedicine, but the found <laughs> the founder and pioneer of digital health, uh, Recuro Health. Folks, yeah, be on the lookout for that. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of fascinating things coming from Rekuro over the years. And uh, really appreciate you joining me today, Michael. And, and listeners, you know, we're wrapping up yet another great episode of I Don't Care here with, with me, Kevin Stevenson, right here on Market Scale Radio. You can find me anytime on Fridays. And then if you missed the live version, just go to Spotify and iTunes and, and uh, make sure that you download uh, download all the episodes and just go ahead and subscribe so you don't have to worry about that. That makes things a lot easier for you and me, particularly you millennials. Just go ahead and sub- subscribe. It'll be fine. <laughs> so with that, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. <laughs>